0: Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, practical Buddhism for the modern world. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 39 of Season 2 of the Toward Light podcast. I am recently off retreat, and I wanted to share how I formatted my retreat, what supports I had in place, and some reflections. I had known that at some point this winter, in January or February, I wanted to sit retreat. And we had some other commitments that we were trying to schedule in and figure out. And there was a day where things sort of fell into place. And we knew when the appropriate gaps would be for me to potentially go on retreat. And that afternoon, I received an email about an upcoming online retreat. So it was really serendipitous. I knew that that was the thing I wanted to do. And this retreat had an option of doing it for four days or for the full 10 days. And I talked to my husband and made sure that he was okay with staying home with the pups. And I booked it I booked the full 10 days, and then I found a place a couple hours outside the city that I could easily get to, and booked an Airbnb, and stayed there, and did this retreat while I was staying away from my house. Now, that's a lot of privilege right there, that I have the opportunity to take that much time, that... I have the opportunity to go somewhere else and stay somewhere more quiet and by myself. And what was beautiful about this retreat was that there was a whole range of folks. There were folks who were doing it similar to me. There were folks who were going to work and listening to the sessions when they could. Uh, There were folks staying at home. There were folks not being at home, doing a mixture dealing with life and being on retreat. And so I'm saying all this just to point at the freedom in some ways that we've been offered. The way that retreat practice in Theravada Buddhism and insight meditation circles came to the U.S. was modeled a lot after things that were happening at IMS, the Insight Meditation Society that was founded in the 70s. And the way that their model worked, and then Spirit Rock and Insight Meditation Center and Cloud Mountain and these other retreat centers have roughly stayed in that model. And then COVID happened. And people weren't gathering in meditation centers anymore. And it was an opportunity to look at what does retreat mean to you? How can you make retreat work for you? What is the best format to get some deep practice or an intensive period of practice in a way that works for your life? When the retreat centers closed at the beginning of COVID, I had a lot of trepidation because I had sat at a lot of retreat centers, spent a lot of time doing that practice and was, I found, a little bit attached to how they did things. And so it's been a beautiful exploration for me to figure out how do I sit retreat on my own? What structures do I want in place? I've done some where I've had no set retreat that I've been following. I've done some where I've bought a pre-recorded retreat or listened to pre-recorded talks. And this is the first one that I was able to do live that really worked for me. And the teachers offered three sessions a day, and I was able to attend all of them on time, but they also were recording them. So for folks who couldn't, they could catch up when they needed to. And it allowed me this opportunity each day in the chunks between the sessions to notice What's going to help me stay connected to my present moment experience? What is going to help continue the momentum of my practice? I had to cook for myself, so could I be mindful when I was doing that or when I was going to the store to buy what I needed? I did some walks around the town I was staying in, noticing where my attention was drawn, getting interested in when my pace sped up, slowed down was able to really settle into the practice, but it may be from the outside, you wouldn't know, like, oh, she's on retreat if you saw me walking through the town. But my internal experience was very much that way. And so some other things I set up were, even though there were these three sessions a day for 10 days... I also set up a one-on-one meeting with my teacher midway through the retreat so we could Zoom and connect because he knows me so well and knows my practice and sort of knows what questions to ask to help me settle in or can point out things that I can't always see. And then I set up a time to Zoom with my mini sangha and we just logged on, bowed, sat, bowed and that was it. But just having, again, these people who know me really well sharing that space with me was very helpful and very supportive for my retreat. I also turned all the notifications off on my phone. I had a plan with my husband where if there was an emergency, what avenue he could contact me in. I had Parameters for myself about how much time I wanted to spend practicing and how much time I wanted to spend moving my body and what I wanted to eat. So, there's a lot that goes into planning a self retreat. I'm hoping that you're hearing that in my share that there are a lot of moving pieces. And again, all of our circumstances are different. So, for each of us, we need to find our way. And it is helpful to have some support. I, I've linked to this before, but in the show notes, I will link to one of my teachers. Chris McKenna has this article about doing a morning retreat at home, or like just setting aside a chunk of your day to do a little mini retreat, and it's it's a very useful formula. So I will put that in the show notes. So what are some fruits that I got out of this retreat? I'm recording this just a couple of days out of retreat still feeling pretty um tender to be back in the world a little raw a little overwhelmed the theme of this retreat was devotion and so the core question for me was what am i devoted to and unfortunately when i look at that honestly in my day if i say okay take a typical day for Kate and see how much time I spend doing what, then whatever I'm doing the most of, is that what I'm most devoted to? And I didn't like the answer to that question. I've been spending a lot of time on screens, a lot of time sort of checking out or distracting myself. And so having this time away from that stimulus really helped me to see, oh yeah, like if you're if that's not what you're devoted to then you need to be spending a lot less time on that and throughout the days of the retreat with different people sharing and the two teachers sharing their experience it helped me try on this idea of devotion in a lot of different ways mexico has a lot of devotional practice with the catholic church especially a lot of altars everywhere, and the town I was staying in had two cathedrals, and uh, it was right around the corner from a cemetery. And so to watch some of their devotional practices and notice, oh, like, what if that resonates with me and what doesn't? Just getting curious. What does devotion mean to me? What does that look like? Sometimes in Theravada Buddhism or there's a real sort of emphasis on the meditation and the mindfulness practice. And there's not a lot of emphasis on the devotion side. So it was a curious question for me. It was something I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about. And when that email came in with this retreat, and that was the title, my immediate thought was, hmm, I wonder about that. So I followed my interest and signed up. Another insight for me, which is sort of a constant thing I'm trying to sort out, is this idea of viria, of energy. Of how much energy do I have in my day or in my practice? And when is my energy sort of leaking? Or when am I spinning my wheels and tiring myself out for no reason? And getting quiet and not interacting with many people and focusing on my practice really allowed me to notice that, to pay attention to oh, what's up with my energy? How does it flow? I have this sort of story that my energy crashes in the afternoon. But when I was on retreat and eating healthier and smaller meals, I was not crashing in the afternoon. And so there was something, there was a big sort of aha there about, oh, I, I know this, we all know this, but like energy is related to, you know, not only what our mind is doing, the worrying or the this, that, whatevering, but also what am I putting into my body and when and how much. A third insight I want to share was around movement. Again, in Theravada circles, we're asked to take a posture and try not to move when we practice mindfulness meditation. And if we do move, to be careful, you know, really mindful as we move. And I noticed in some sits when I couldn't settle, if I followed the natural inclination of my body, which sometimes was to stand up and shake or shake my head or stretch my jaw or shake my hands out or stretch my feet, if I followed that and then sat back down, I was able to drop in. So just because the time for meditation was at 4.30, that didn't mean my body was ready for that at 4.30. And I started to sort of plan ahead in a few minutes before, do some stretching or try and get myself settled. But sometimes I needed a little extra movement. And that's okay. My teachers were very supportive of that. And again, this is the beauty of doing it by myself, is I'm not in a meditation hall, so I'm not like bothering other people if I'm shaking my hands out or stretching my jaw, right? And these are just three things that are coming off the top of my head right now that were helpful and useful insights for me. And I guess what I'd like to impart to close this episode is just how valuable I find retreat practice. And even though right now it feels a little bit hard to be home and dealing with logistics, there's also a real knowing that the work that I did is, is bearing fruit and will continue to bear fruit and will make my life better, the lives of those around me better, allow me to be a more service in the world. If you're interested in doing retreat at any point and want to talk about that, on my website, there are times you can sign up for one-on-one sessions with me, or if those times don't work, you can just email me. But I'm more than happy to help you, support you in that process of setting up a retreat or finding the resources you need to do this practice so you can have an intensive period of time where you can just be in the moment. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website towardlight.net or on Instagram at towardlight108.